Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Welcome to the Seven Nation Podcast here on YourPrepSports.com. I am your host, Rob Howe. We're recording this on Thursday, August the 26th at 11.45 a.m. Central Time. Uh, Not giving ourselves a whole lot of leeway into the first night of uh, football, Ryan, but we'll give people, you know, they've got, what, 32 hours or so before kickoff, so enough time to listen to all this great knowledge about your local football team, so... Joined by Ryan Merkin, who will give you most of that inside knowledge on the football team. So you won't even need a program by the time you go out to the game. <laughs> Still get a program. <laughs> Rob, yes, support your local high school by buying Yeah, Rob, Rob and I, uh, yeah, we're, we're normally Wednesdays, sometimes in the fall, Tuesdays, if I remember right, last yeah, year. We record, but we're, we're both in back to school, just like, just like all the kids are in back to school <laughs> mode. I feel like parents are kind of in back to school mode. Um, I tweeted about this, which I probably shouldn't have, but I almost forgot to pick up my son from school yesterday, Rob. So he, first day of school, he's at the same school as the littlest one now. And so the first day they came out, I picked him up. Everything was great. They were both super happy. The second day uh, to accommodate our schedules with three kids and activities, et cetera, he went home with a friend who was going to get him to practice while my wife and I took two other kids to practice and went our ways. So, you know, you, as, as I know you do, you rely on friends and family and everything to help you when your life's busy. So he went home with a friend. So I just picked up the littlest one on Tuesday and Wednesday I went and picked her up and she ran up to me and she was super happy to tell me about school. And we walked back to the car and as we were getting in, she said, don't we have to pick up Caden? (laughs) I was like, yeah, we do. And so we went back and got him and he didn't even know he was just like, Hey, but so I've had, I've had better days than I had yesterday, Rob. Yeah. It's been a crazy week and I think we'll get more into routine next week. It'll be the first week of college football um, and second week of high school football. So we'll have somewhat of a routine. Uh, We're going to focus on the high school football and get more into cross country, volleyball, swimming, golf, all that stuff as we get more results probably uh, next week and beyond. But good to focus on the first week or for first full week. I guess some teams played last week. Some of the smaller schools played 
week zero or whatever that nonsense is called. Just call it week one if it's the first week of games. But uh, our week one is tomorrow night, August the 27th. And uh, I guess probably should start with the two local schools matching up against each other, Ryan. Two new coaches at Iowa City High and Iowa Liberty High School. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. There'll be a lot to learn, I would think, when those two teams meet up because there's a lot we don't know. Right. That's a great way to sum it up, I think. And that's that's the game. This week one schedule, and we'll get to it. I'm not going to fly way off the handle here. You know I'm excited. But this week one schedule is really good. I mean, like, I mean – you're looking at good matchups for our seven teams. I think there's, I mean, I think there's seven, six, or excuse me, six really good games where it's like if we're picking games, I mean, a lot of games that I, I'm not sure. And that's not just because you don't know week one, you don't have anything to go off of, but last year, which every year in high school is totally different. And last year was, you know, goofy for a lot of reasons. And you look at, I'm doing preview stuff and we have teams that are two and four two and three, excuse me, Liberty's two and three and, and Regina's 11 and one, you know? So it's like, it's just, it kind of is is that, you know, quick jolt back to, to the reality of what last year was, but that that's the game of the week um, in our area, you know, in, in my opinion, just as far as interest level and excitement. And then you said it, Rob intrigue. I mean, two teams with new coaches, um, both bring an awful lot back from last year. Uh, they played us. If you remember, they played a great, they played great games each of the last two years. And I remember talking about that before the game last year, it's a trophy game too. They have a, they have a trophy for that game now, which is cool. Um, Zeus, right? Yep. The battle for Zeus. Where did but that come from? I don't know. I, I don't, I should ask that. It's a good question. Um, but we talked about it last year on this preview pod, Rob, that you have the natural rivalries and the rivalries that have just always been there, whether it's high school or college or whatever, but mm-hmm. you, you have rivalries now. I'm doing the air quotes when, with, especially with, you know, the way conferences are in college now, et cetera, and with geography kind of thrown out the window somewhat and these forced ones. And when, when Liberty was built, you know, it, it's kind of the natural West rivalry, but they weren't playing right away. Um, and they were playing city and stuff. And I kind of wondered how that would develop, you know, I mean, obviously there's the proximity, et cetera, but man, in all sports or in in a lot of sports, but especially in football, it's been great. And, 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 you know, that those rivalries are kind of born out of really good, memorable games. Right. I mean, you don't have rivalries that people are really excited about if they're lopsided outcomes. Um, and even the first year, you know, Liberty's first varsity game, I think that was like a – it was a back-and-forth game. If I remember right, it was 38-24, 38-21. I mean, it was a good game. Um, City was up. Liberty came back. City kind of pulled away. But the last two years have been a last-second field goal, I think, in 19 at Liberty. And then Liberty literally scored a touchdown on the final play. I think last year it was like a goal line – potential goal line stand situation. Um and Liberty scored to win it. So two super good games and both bring a lot back from teams that were obviously even last year. So the, the thing to look for here, I think is just what do these teams, you know, look like in terms of schematically and, and 
formations and all that stuff. Um, I got a little bit of that from talking to the coaches, uh, but both coach Moore and coach Harris naturally were pretty you know, tight lipped about exactly what they were going to look like, but you have brand new coaching staffs, um, you know, just defensive fronts, you know, offensive schemes, things like that. What are these teams going to look like? I, I don't know, which is what I'm most excited about. I have my notebook this year and I already have six, seven things, you know, to, to kind of look for in the first couple of possessions of that game that normally I'm not looking for, you know, I mean, I can pretty much tell you what, what West is going to look like. And those guys do a really good job of coaching to their talent, but um, you have an idea what, what most teams are going to look like in that regard most years. And I don't know. So I'm excited to see that, um, you know, Ty Hughes is, it sounds like he's going to be the guy at quarterback for Liberty who, who kind of settled into that role late last year. But when you say late last year, I mean, they played five games, right? right. So, I mean, he, he's, he's essentially brand new. You know, he was a sophomore last year too. So a, an underclassman, what's he look like? Um, and then, you know, city's going to have a, a sophomore quarterback this year. Um, so what do they look like? Are they using one? Are they rotating guys? Uh, what's, you know, so those are the two main things probably. And really, of the, you don't want to put too much on those guys making, again, really their first career starts. I know Hughes started a couple of games late, but um, whichever team can kind of get into a rhythm quicker and, and quarterbacks, a big part of that offensively, I think will have the advantage uh, in that game. So I'm really, I'm always excited for week one. Everybody is. Uh, you're excited for football to be back, et cetera. But this is as good of a game, I think, as, as you know, is there is out there as far as intrigue and, and excitement and interest level. I, it's one of the most excited I've been to watch a couple of our area teams play each other in a long time. I just think there's a lot of exciting things to watch. And I think both these teams are going to be not just better. I'll pretty much guarantee that both of them will have, you know, that I think they both won two games last year. I don't foresee either of these teams having two wins at the end of this year. I mean, I think both these teams will have, you know, a couple wins by the end of September probably, but I think these teams could be really, really improved. I mean, both playoff type teams this year. I'm going to get this right. City High in 5A, Liberty in 4A this year. I think can both be will both be playoff type teams for sure. Yeah, and you know the dynamic of having two teams that um, with new coaching staffs. You know, it's always about execution, but now that you can have element of surprise, you don't know. Right. You know, there they, there's a lot more going on. Whereas, you know, when it was, you know, Dan Sabers and City High against, you know, West High, they knew what they were each other was doing. There wasn't as much of an element of surprise. So we could see that tomorrow. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it reminds you a little bit of that. Like, are you watching? Are you watching film of what they did? You know, what, yeah. what Mitch Moore did at Roosevelt, or what you know James Harris did at Washington? And I don't, I don't even think so because in the high school game you know, you adapt so much to, to your personnel and everything. And, and they both look, the other thing too, that's interesting is both these, both these guys are really high on the staffs that they brought in and their play callers and et cetera. And so I think they're given though on both sides are given those guys a lot of freedom um, as you would expect, you know, but to kind of mold the offenses and defenses around the way they see it. So I'm, I really am. I'm really excited. They both kind of alluded to me to the things they want to do. Um, and, and they've both got some like really, really good players that I'm excited to see that I think can take a big step this year. And um, two guys specifically, Ben Keeter for City High. We've talked a lot about him in all sports, but 
he had a good year last year in football as a as an underclassman playing varsity for a football. Um, how do they use him? I mean, he's you've seen him right. He's 6'3, 220 to 225 range, can really move. Um, how do they use him in what capacity? I mean, I'm assuming he'll be kind of all over the place, rushing the quarterback in some scenarios, you know, playing that kind of true, you know, middle linebacker, I'm whatever, you know, dropping back a little bit. How do they use him? And then Griffin Craft um, for Liberty was their leading tackler last year. And I thought um, when I watched him, especially in the Hempstead game in the playoffs, I thought was, I was just really impressed by him and how he moved and stood next to him, you know, last week. And he's grown a couple inches. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. He looks really, really good physically. I've always really liked the way he moved, but he's, he's rangy and kind of how do they use him? He talked to me a little bit about, he, he was just kind of that, that traditional high school inside linebacker last season and was really productive. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see how they utilize him because they bring back quite a few other guys in that linebacking group also. So I think he'll be kind of the same thing where you see him, you know, moved around a little bit. He, he runs well enough to kind of be that hybrid safety um, linebacker spot that's become so important at all levels of football as, as more teams spread the field offensively. So I'm really excited to see. I think both those guys are going to have incredible senior years um, defensively. I'm, I'm excited to see how each of those teams utilize those guys in that new game, in that new scheme that they're both going to run. Best wishes to Dan Sabres and Marv Cook tomorrow evening. I don't know if either one of them will know what to do with themselves. We've had a, over the last <laughs> couple of years, we've had a lot of guys that have won a lot of football games step away. And, and uh, I've had a chance to talk to Kevin Miller, you know, former Solon coach right. a few times, talk to coach about, you know, what those first couple Friday nights were, were like, um, I'm sure those guys, those two will, I'm sure be watching football in some capacity on Friday, I would guess. Yes, for sure. Um, West High, uh, I believe West High and Kennedy are both ranked, Ryan. Do I have that right? Yes. I mean, depending on where you look and okay. what you look at. Um, How but, many rankings are there now? It seems like there's more rankings every year. I think – does AP still do a poll? They the AP well they ha, they did last year. I'm assuming they will this year. I haven't seen otherwise, but they usually don't do it until after week one. It maybe it might even be after week two, Rob. Um, but I don't and think they've got do what, Radio Iowa, the Gazette, Gazette the register, register. Yeah, so, you should have rankings. Do your own rankings. The Ryan Market rankings, and we'll no, use those. I'm not just saying this. I thought about it a couple of years ago. I think we should. Um, but, I mean, I'm, you get past, I don't know, thir Highway 35, and I'm, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how accurate anything that I have would be. I'm just, I'm grasping at straws enough as it is about the seven teams that we cover. I feel well, we're like. previewing the West Kennedy game as two ranked teams. Well, I'll say this. At the end of the year, over the last 10 years, how often, I mean, really, going yeah. back a decade, how often have those two not been, if you're ranking 10 teams, not been in the, the receiving, you know what I mean, in the yeah. top 50? I mean, you, you're not going to do a top 25 poll like they do in college when there's, you know, 48, 4A teams or whatever. But if you ranked 15, I mean, at the, at the end of the year, at going into the playoffs, those two more, I mean, 80% of those years are going to be in that mix, certainly. Um, it's two of the – I've said this for the last couple of years because they've played and, and it's a rivalry that I really like. I mean, I love the old, you know, 
kind of conference teams playing each other, which you still have a decent amount of, but these Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, Rob, Rob and I were talking about it um, before we got on the air a little bit. I like, you know, Cedar Rapids, Iowa City teams playing each other, you know, CI, you know, Des Moines teams playing each other, Davenport, Mac teams playing each other. And there's still a decent amount of that, but no, this, these teams are, they're, they're two of the better programs in the Eastern side of the state traditionally. And I think they're, they're in a really similar situation this year, Rob. Um, they were both good last year. West, West thumped them pretty good. Um, Kennedy came on late and, and they beat Prairie. They had to come from behind to beat Prairie in the season opener last year. Kennedy did beat them by a point and then beat them like 45 to 14 in the second round of the playoffs before they, they lost to Southeast Polk, who, um, you know, is preseason number one this year by, by everyone. I think, I don't think anybody has Southeast Polk, anybody, anywhere, but number one, and they were uh, runner up last year, but um, side note, Rob, I'm getting off topic here, but do they have two, does Southeast Polk have two five-star kids? And if so, what has that ever happened before? They do. And I don't think so. I, w- I would I mean, bet I would bet it hasn't happened. Before. I wonder how many years um, since you know maybe two thousand or whatever when the when the recruiting rankings really kind of took off. How many there's been? How many years there's been a five star in Iowa? And if there's ever been more than one in the same year? And I would say it's pretty. I mean, it's even the odds are even. There are different classes. I understand that, but still, right. And the odds are long in Iowa, but the odds would be long, you know, in Wisconsin. Or right. Minnesota right. to have two right. five stars on one team. It's pretty unique, right. no doubt. Right. So anyway, they um, they lost to Southeast Polk last year in the playoffs. But I think both these teams, the interesting thing about this game is, number one, it's always interesting when these teams play each other, which the other thing that really surprised me was I went back and West is eight and one in the last nine games against Kennedy. I just which, saw that. Which That's I would crazy. not have guessed. No. It, it, there was a 12-9 game in there. There was a 34-31 game in there. Lately, the game, I mean, even you know, there was a 20, there was a 24 to 14 or 24 to 10 game in there that I covered. The games have been really good. Um, so that kind of surprised me. But West got him pretty good last year. I the intrigue in this game for me, Rob, is both teams are in similar situations, I think, where I think I think both of these teams will be good this year. I really do. Both, both of their teams, quarterbacks at, are at Iowa. Yeah, both teams bring back some good stuff. Not a, neither team brings back you know 15, 17 starters, but both have holes. It significant. I mean, both lost their quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, quarterbacks that did Max White and Marcus Morgan that did as much as you can do for a high school team as as somebody can do. Uh, they both lost their eye backs. They both lost virtually all of their receiving targets. I was just going to say <laughs> uh, Kennedy lost a generational lineman, yep. you know? Um, and so they both lose kind of the, the face of the program type guys. I think, I think both bring back some good stuff, uh, but that's, I, I feel like both these teams are same coaches, longtime coaches, programs that run, the way programs should run, they reload, et cetera. Neither of these teams came into this offseason are like, oh, we lost these guys. We need to totally throw out the playbook and change. Kennedy and Iowa City West don't do that. You know, Garrett Hartwig, that's he's not going to do that. At the same time, both of these teams do a great job of coaching 
to their personnel and they are going to be different. And that's the intrigue here. They'll be different while being the same, if that makes, if that makes sense, where I think West is going to rely heavily on brings back three offensive linemen, three good offensive linemen combined for 40 some career starts. Um, and Mason Applegate is going to be their tailback. And he is, we've talked about him before during track on the pod or whatever. He's in tr- as intriguing, as impressive as a, of a high school athlete as, as I've seen in a while, Rob. I mean, you don't, you don't casually go from being like a, the best defensive lineman on a team to the starting eye back without being, um, and he's still going to play some defensive line, but without being a pretty impressive kid, which, which he is. So sprints and throw the shot. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And qualify for state in both. And I think he was like 13th in the shot in, in, you know, out of 24 guys was, you know, in mid teens in the hundred. So he's impressive. Um, got rave reviews from their coaching staff as far as his feel for playing eye back. And again, they said he, he could have been a great eye back last year. They just, they had other guys that were really good and he was better served being a guy that, that dominated on the defensive line, which he did, you know, 13, 14 tackles for loss in seven, eight games, whatever. So he's really good. Um, And I think that's going to be their, what they lean on early, but new quarterback for both teams. We'll see how that plays out for West. I, I think I said this when we talked a little bit about football a couple of weeks ago on the pod. They really like their skill guys. Uh, it's just guys that have you know haven't played a lot, um, and that's kind of the theme with Regina. And we can talk about that a little bit too. But I'm I'm interested to see how this game plays out. Like I said, again, this whole this whole week one, Rob, good game after good game after good game. This is a really good. Um, five, I almost said for it. This is a really good five A game. I'll do Regina. Let's do Regina next. They've got a okay. tough opener against Williamsburg at home. Um, a lot of new faces, new coach. Be interesting. This is – you don't want to overreact or overstate it or get hyperbolic about it, but this is going to be interesting, the post-Marv Cook era. Yeah. The, the post-Cook post playing quarterback era. Yeah. I mean, and that's – those are the two things with this game. Now, that being said, the guys that were with Marv for 14 years that called the defense and called the offense are, are, are still there. So Ed Hinkle and Jason Dumont are still there. I think they're going to look a little bit different this year on both sides than what they have in the past, just personnel-wise. Nothing to do with, you know, with those guys cha- feeling like they can change stuff up more, you know, ha- you know what I mean, like, as head coach or whatever. Nothing to do with that, but just – um, I'm really excited to see what they do with their defense, Rob. I think they're going to be really, really good on. De- I mean, as good as they've been in a while on defense. Now, and they'll need to be right. They're not as explosive. They can't be with the three guys they lost on off three. Skill I, I was just, and, and you know, and that was one of the first things that Coach Dumont said to me is, you know, you don't just replace guys like Al, the, the all-time state's all-time re- leader in receptions. You know. Ashton Cook, that's, you know, walk on to the Iowa. Ashton Cook, you know, playing quarterback at Iowa State. And Theo Coley had, had such a good senior year. I mean, that trio of guys was – you don't get – you don't get, especially in those positions, you don't get a quarterback, a receiver, and a running back on a 1A team like that. And they were A last year, I understand that. But on a, on a small school team, very often. Um, you know, some of those other Regina teams, because we've been kind of spoiled with how the talent they've had, but 
know, the Drew Cook teams and, and some of those teams had had combos like that. But you just don't get that that often. So there's going to be a learn again, new quarterback. You know, they've got some guys they really like at running back and receiver. And, you know, the way Coach Dumont put it is he's like, we have got good guys, but when you have Alec Wick, you're going to throw it to Alec Wick. Right. He's like, so they they really do. Sam Aitchison, um, Carson Jensen, um, Blake Chambliss, they really like a lot of their receivers. Uh, they really do and, and feel good about them. It's just – and I understand what they're saying. Like, when you've got Theo Coley, he's going to run it 20 times. When you've got, um, you know, Alec Wick, you're going to throw it to him because uh, those guys are dynamic. So – they like their skill position guys. They bring back four full-time starters. And, and you know, as, as uh, Coach Dumont pointed out with Ronan Point and really five guys that have played a ton in the offensive line, they should be really good up front. Uh, and those aren't just guys that came, that, that came back uh, or that returned. I mean, Josh Gaffey is really, really good. Andy Weiss is really, really good. I mean, they've got some really good guys up front. Aiden Udell is very, very good. But man, on on defense is where I'm most excited to see him. Just to, not in not just because I think they're going to be really good, Rob. Because all those same guys I just mentioned come back on defense. But um, you know, Jason Jason Dumont kind of had a smile on his face as he talked about the things they could do on defense and how they could be a little bit different. And and when you as good as that coaching staff is on defense, when he kind of has that look on his face, you know he I knew he had some things cooked up. Uh, they have a ton of versatility. Um, and they bring back so many guys in that front seven. But, you know, Ronan Poynton looks really – I talked about guys that look good. They have him listed at 230, but he looks really good. Um, and, and he's kind of that wild card in there that he was he was playing really, really, really well at the end of last season. I'm, I don't know exactly how they're going to use him, but I think he can be a real difference maker on that defense. And then all the guys that, that I already mentioned, they bring back um, Gaffey and Udell and – uh, Aitchison and all those guys, I mean, Andy Weiss, and they, they're just going to be really tough um, up front on defense, especially in that front seven. So I think there's going to be some changes here and there. Obviously on offense, when you break in a new quarterback, we'll see it, you know, where Coach Hinkle and what they do there. But um, like I mentioned, West kind of relying on that offensive line and running game early. Um, I think they're going to, you know, probably do the same things. So they're going to be good offensively, but they can really kind of lean on that defense early in the season. I just don't see them giving up a bunch of points. Like, you know, everybody has some busts here and there, but I don't see them giving up a lot of points this season, Rob. Um, this is a really good game. Like, I, I'm not just saying this. Every game that we're going to talk about, Williamsburg's very good. And they were number one in 2A for most of the year last year. Lost to is West Liberty. Or is this like a really hard schedule for Regina to start? They go Williamsburg, West Liberty, Mid Prairie. And Minneapolis right? is the fourth. Minneapolis, yeah. yeah that, so, seems, I mean, have, that seems like a hard schedule. They have four, but I mean, it's like you say that they have four of their best teams in their schedule. You know, we saw Minneapolis last year. They'll be in contention in that district. Um, Mid Prairie, you know, bigger school on the road. Uh, West Liberty obviously has, has a really good talent. We'll talk about them when we talk about Solon, but it is. But at the same time, I mean, how many years did, did Regina come out of the – like last year they came yeah. out of the gate with Pleasant Valley. Right. ends up being a semifinalist in, five, in now 5A. But how many how many years did they come out of the gate with, with Xavier and Solon? Yeah. I think since I've been here, they went one of those two in their opener almost every year. I know when they first added Xavier, it was it was later in the season. But there was a lot of years where they came out of the gate with, with both those two. 
Um, so it's, 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 as coach Dumont said, you know, the first time I talked to him, it's business as usual, but even with that schedule, you just, you get so used to it with Regina. I mean, you look at who they have in that non-conference or non-district and it's always good teams. They challenge themselves uh, and it works out well for them, but you know, interesting year there too, or interesting start to the season there too, is they kind of, you know, not new in the coaching staff, but, but if anything does, you know, if anything is different, but then with them more, it's just, you know, the personnel, especially at those offensive skill positions. Stay in that class, Ryan. Um, and we'll flip over to West Branch. Also, uh, some changes there, um, losing some key members of their squad from last year. They open up tomorrow against Lisbon on the road. Talk about it. I mean, we just talked about it with Regina. You talk about a tough schedule. Yep. Man, I mean, they go at Lisbon, who was really good last year in A, and, and we covered um, – Regina Lisbon. I think you yep. shot that. Yep, I did shoot that. And they're they're tough. And then um, you also shot, I think, Regina Mac Valley in the playoffs. Yep. Probably the game, the team that gave Regina the most trouble in the playoffs. That was a really good game. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think they beat Lisbon like 15-9 or something in the play. I mean, you know, they Lisbon played them in the dogfight. So and I mean it's Lisbon, good athletes, good programs, well coached in all sports all the time, but they go them. They have Waterloo Columbus, who a lot of people have in the top five and two way. They were eight and two last year. They bring an awful lot back. Uh, those are their first two games, Rob. And then you, they also have Mediapolis. They have Regina, you know, in their, in their district. And then Wilton and Durant too, which, you know, obviously Regina has both those also, but Durant's got, we'll talk about this more in the coming weeks. But That's a tough district. Yeah. It, it's a tough district. And then there are two, those first two games, especially for West Branch, new quarterback, um, breaking in a lot of new starters on the line, um, not a new coach. Coach Peterson is still there. Um, so, no, no, he's going to really, outlast us. Absolutely. I talked to Coach uh, last week and he is, he had more energy than I did, which is not surprising. You know, um, you've been around a while when you're coaching on the field, they Matthew. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly that's a great point bro um but it, and again in all seriousness credit to them they've done a super good job as well which which west has which regina has um which a lot of you know their their coaching staff has largely been together and that helps that continuity is huge in high school sports because kids come up in that program and they know what they're running by the time they're seventh eighth graders you know so yep. and they do a really good job of of reloading, but some of those, uh, I thought it was interesting talking to the, the kids over there, the West branch players, um, you know, they, they kind of understand that, that for them to, to meet their expectations this year, it's gotta be, a, it's gotta be a team thing. They get, they got some pieces, um, but they don't have the, they don't have a Gavin Hirschman at quarterback. They don't have a Jeff Bowie on the offensive line, defensive line. So, but they've got some really nice pieces. Um, Carver Belk was their leading receiver last year he's going to quarterback and then they have a lot they have I like their receiving group Rob um Peyton Miller uh Kinnick Belt they have some lot of a lot of um slot type smaller quick guys and they were really successful last year as sophomores and Miller as a junior caught a lot of passes so and, and then Carver Belk will be you know pretty dynamic I think for them in the run game as well so um the 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 key for them is going to be up front 
uh, breaking in a lot of new guys, especially, like I said, against two really good teams to start. But two guys to watch for them, for sure. Andy Henson looks fantastic. I mean, he was a 900-yard back last year. I think they were 5-3, and three, so averaged over 100 yards a game. But um, he's a kid, as, just as I mentioned with, with Griffin Kraft from Liberty, he really, you can tell, well, he told me he grew two inches in the offseason too, which you can't control. Mm-hmm. But he looked really good. I mean, he's 25 pounds heavier, and, and you you see it. I mean, he looks really good. Um, and he was a really good linebacker for them too. So he's going to be the next, you know, just really dynamic playmaker to come out of West Branch. He's, he's, he's going to be really good. Um, he's good with the ball in his hands. He caught 32 <coughs> passes last year, so they can use him in a lot of ways. But, but he's all of – you know, six foot, 215, 220, whatever they list him at. He looks really good. And then uh, the same thing, Drake Berry, senior two-way lineman for him. He's got Division II offers. Um, they Colleges like him as a defensive lineman. He really moves well. But um, he they came in for interviews, and they came into the to the interview room, and he was eating like a like a burrito, like a Hot Pocket. <laughs> so he's just like – and the thing – I say that, I'm just – not giving him a hard time. It's like, he's one of those guys. They, I think they have him at like 245 and he's 6'3", 6'4". He's a big kid, but he's just, he looks slim. You know, I mean, it, it that way, like he looks great. He look, he's a guy that, that you could snap your fingers in, in college in a couple of years and he could be 275 and, and really, you know, be a force, but he moves really well. He was playing really well at the end of last year. Um, but he's, he's going to kind of be the key for them on the line as they break in some new guys, but that's a, Again, theme of the week one, that's a really good game. I mean, that's a it's an even game. You know, those are two good teams um, that, you know, a lot of people have ranked or right on the edge of the rankings. I think West Branch is right on the edge. But that would be another high. I mean, we've, it's our fourth game that we're talking about, Rob. That's going to be a highly competitive game um, right out of the gate. And, again, West or Lisbon brings back a couple quarterbacks that played last year and a running back. So they've kind of got those key positions. but they lost an all-state line and they lost a couple kids on the line. So it'll be interesting. That's going to be a, that's going to be a smash mouth kind of old school. You know, that could be a low scoring type game. So that's another one that I'm talking about. Great, great way to start the high school season. I mean, we have, we're not talking about any games that you, you have a preconceived idea of who's going to win. That's another really good game. Another good game, uh, 3A, Ryan. I'm going to have trouble with these classes all season. I'm going to be all You're going to mess place. it up. I know. I've already typed it wrong a million times. <laughs> West it's Liberty. the 4A to 5A that's screwing me up. Yes. West Liberty and Solon. Now Solon's in 3A, right? Yes. Solon was in 2A last year, so that'll mess me up. Well, and I screwed that up a bunch because they'd always been 3A ever since I'd been right. here. Right. Then they, they were two A. Now they're 3A. they dropped to two A. Now they're three A again, but it's not really three A. No, it's not what you think. Like there's no North Scott, there's nope. no Xavier, so it's a it's a mess, Rob. <laughs> I can't handle it. But they will play host to the Spartans. Will play host to West Liberty. This is another intriguing game. Yeah, again, really good games. Um, this is Solon brings an awful an awful lot. I was going to say they bring an awful lot back. They do. They're one of those weird teams where you feel like they bring a lot back and they also lost a lot. If right. that makes sense. Um, bring back a quarterback, bring back in, in um, Blake Timmons, who was really good last year as a sophomore. Just, we talked about it, I'm sure a million times, but as you expect, saw him early 
and he was, you know, he looked like a sophomore playing his first varsity game, saw him in the middle of the season, looked good, saw him at the end of the season, was a totally different kid. He really improved, um, can run, can throw. The, the throwing is going to be kind of the key for them. They lost Colton Hoffman, who was their kind of his security blanket a little bit. But again, kind of, you know, talking to, to Coach Stanton, they have guys they like, just they, they didn't have to use them as much in that role uh, last year. But Carson Miller is a guy that's going to, you know, can kind of, he had 17, 18 catches last year, but can kind of be that eye back maybe for him, flex guy, but got to replace a thousand yard rusher. Got to replace three linemen. Now, the two linemen they bring back and Caden Knipper and Gage Marty are really, really good. I mean, they're, those are both 230, 240-pound kids that are really built, that that can really move. And Marty's a two-time you know, state medalist wrestler. Knipper's 6'3", 6'4", good basketball player. Those are, those are two great guys to build a line around. And they're both really good on defense as well, too, which is going to be key. But um, I, I like a lot, like you feel like they have all these pieces that you really like, and then you look and there's just a few holes that it's going to be interesting to see how they fill in. The one on defense is Jake Quillen's a really good high school corner, really good high school corner. He was great for him last year. Those two guys give you two really good guys, Knipper and Marty on the, on the front, excuse me, on the defensive line. And then you look at who played linebacker for him last year and they're all gone. Carson Shive, who is an All-Stater, Lucas Teeple, Colton Hoffman, who's at Minnesota State. So, I mean, that, that position is just basically wiped out. However, that's a spot where if you followed high school football, Solon always has good linebackers. I mean, they just – they do. They're, so, they'll have guys step in there. I mentioned, you know, Carson Miller is probably probably one of those guys, and they'll have other guys step up and, and benefit from those guys on the defensive line. But Friday, it's, it's going to be can you – can you stop Josiah Galvan from getting a couple creases? Because I, I think I think Solon can can handle things well enough up front, Rob, to keep him contained. But he only needs to get loose a couple times, um, and if he gets loose at all, he's tough to run down because he's don't let him get him. He's, don't get him in the open field. Right. I mean, he Rob's seen him, um, and he. I mean, he is. He's an exceptional athlete and he only needs, he's one of those running backs um, that this, this is all good running backs, but he's one of those guys. I mean, he only needs that, that crease, right? I mean, if he gets two yards deep untouched and he can plant his foot, I mean, he's, he's going to, he's going to run for a long time. So I think that's kind of, I mean, it's bad. Uh, it's not great podcast radio, whatever to say that he's the key for them because everyone knows that but um you know you got to keep him in front of you for sure and that one is uh up at solon tomorrow night west liberty travels to solon um before you go on that's another one rob those teams have played really good games yeah in the past i mean surprisingly like i shouldn't say surprisingly i shouldn't say that but it's two teams that i don't think of as naturally you know rivals or whatever but i think they Mm -hmm. played back-to-back years and if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, both were really good games. So I just now, say that because they were separate class. You know what I mean? Like that was a 3A and a 2A for a long time. I like that West, where West Liberty plays Solon and yeah. Williamsburg plays Regina. And Absolutely. I, like that. I, and I do too. They're, they're all good programs. And even if I, they're not in the same district or class, they're all quality programs that should play against each other. I, I totally agree. And, you know, it, it helps – 
not just get people in the door, but create, I mean, people like us are talking about, like I can talk about West Liberty because though they're not in our coverage area, we see them. They're in the RVC. I know their kids. You know what I mean? Like their quarterback's a really good baseball player. Like we, I have a general idea about them before I, more than just opening up quick stats where I would with a, you know, a team from 90 miles away or whatever. So yeah, and if anybody from West Liberty wants to sponsor and advertise with your prep sports, who knows? We might consider adding you to our coverage. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing with the Walmart schools, right? Yeah. Solon plays Mount Vernon. You know, we know people from these places. I know people from West Liberty. I know Rob does. Um, Rob's house isn't far from West Liberty. To be I honest with West you. Liberty, I think, quicker than I can get to West. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you can go 60 all the way to West Liberty, though. But – yeah, I mean, you know people, it's fun. It's fun for people like us. I'm sure it's fun for the kids. I mean, you have a yeah. dinner, you know, you probably played against these kids growing up in different sports and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the Williamsburg Regina one is another good one. You know, separated by classes most years, but those are two really good pro- programs, you know, longtime coaches that have done a great job. I mean, those it's why all these week one games are good, Rob. I mean, these, you know, Lisbon, West Liberty, Williamsburg, Kennedy, and these are all these are all great football programs, right? I mean, that's what makes it fun. And easy car rides. Uh, well, don't that's that's the reason I'm saying it. I just don't <laughs> want to tell people that. Proximity. All right, Ryan, we'll wrap things up last, but certainly not least, which is now was class 3A, now class 4A, Clear Creek Amana. Doesn't have to wait long to attempt to exact revenge for getting knocked out of the playoffs last year by Mary because the Clippers opened the season with a new head coach, new quarterback, new running back, uh, new star defensive end, no more the, the uh, DJ Bowler's errors over. It seemed like he played about eight years, but uh, the Clippers <laughs> will be up at Marion this week. I bet it seemed like that for some of those teams that they played all those years yes. too. Oh, he's I mean, getting off the bus against this kid again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I again, you, you talk high school teams are so much different each year because you know generally half your half your varsity roster turns over, like sure. in theory, you know. But I I still think it's so cool, and I again, this is totally one of those things that people like me and you make a bigger deal of than than most of these kids because they have so many new starters, but. You end your season, especially the way they did. I mean, I'm Rob and I were both at that Marion Clear Creek game, and I didn't. I mean, no disrespect to Marion, but I think most everybody figured that Clear Creek would win that by a couple touchdowns, and Marion ends up upsetting them. Which, or I say upset, ends up beating them. It was a good game, um, but then you get a chance. Your next game is against that same. T- I mean, just things like that in sports don't happen that often, right? You know, so I think that's for the guys that are back. Um, yeah, I'm not making it like a like a nasty thing, but I'm sure they're excited to have a chance to play that team again. Um, and you hit on it totally different. Matt Hattie takes over at Clear Creek, who I think that's a really good hire for them. Really enjoy talking to coach all the time. But he was, you know, the same thing I mentioned with these other coaches. You know, there's going to be some differences, but they're a little bit like Regina with the play with the players where it's new, but it's, it's not yeah. going to be super new. I mean, Ben Swales is their new quarterback. He's, you know, he's thrown 50 some passes over the last two years, uh, really competed for that job two years ago as a sophomore. Um, but, you know, he'll, 
it's not new to him. The offense isn't new to him being out there on a Friday night. I mean, he had six interceptions. He was a, you know, all district level defensive back last year. So he's not going to have those nerves of, you know, being out there for the first time, which truthfully, some of our, you know, some of these guys that we talked about that were breaking in new quarterbacks, their sophomores or underclassmen probably will on Friday night, but he's going to be just fine. He's a really dynamic athlete, Rob, um, you know, good basketball player, really good baseball player, but he can throw it. Um, so I'm excited to see that the dynamic that he brings to their offense. Um, I think he's going to be really, really good. He's one of the guys that I most, I mentioned Kraft and Keeter. He's one of the offensive guys that I know that's, that's not like a, you know, returning guy that, that him and Mason Applegate, I think are the two offensive guys I'm most excited to see this year as far as what can they be? Cause I think they can both be really, really good. Um, and then in, in, in much the same way, Gage Freeman at tailback, he's you know, rushed for over 500 yards the last two years combined, um, averaged seven yards a carry last year. So he's really good. He's just never had that 20 carries a game, you know, 150 carry season. Um, but he, I think he can be a thousand yard type guy, Rob. He's really good, catches the ball well. Um, and I think both those guys will, will be heavily featured. So I'm excited to see those guys on offense. Like several of the other teams we mentioned, they got to fill some guys in on the offensive and, as you mentioned with Bowler's defensive line and some really good guys in those spots. So that'll be interesting. And similar to um, the Solon game, Marion, they, they lose, they lost a decent amount from last year's team. They bring back some guys. They've, they've got a lot, quite a bit coming back on defense, but they've got a really dynamic guy in Alex Moda. Um, so it's kind of one of the, again, same thing. We saw it last year when they played. Um, he just got better and better and better as that game went on. But he only needs a little bit of space. Um, to and, and he's smooth and can pick up chunk yardage. So um, his stats from last year don't blow you away, but he was just a sophomore. Rob, um, Rob's talked to him and, and for recruiting stuff, and his recruiting has really kind of taken off, Rob. But I think he's going to be – really special high school player this year, which last year, you know, you just kind of saw the potential, but I think he's going to have a big year. So that's going to be, you know, key number one for, for Clear Creek is controlling him wherever he, wherever he's at on the field, because he, he's explosive. He's a dude for people that don't know who he is and will get a chance to see him. Um, I'm sure the Clear Creek people know who he is after last year, but, well, for folks listening to the podcast, he is a high major power five recruit, offers from Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas State, Nebraska, and Wisconsin already um, before playing his junior first game of his junior year of high school. So that gives you a little bit of an insight into how good he is. I think those Rob can correct me, but I think I think those major colleges like him as a uh, uh, receiver, maybe a defensive back. Um, but he's, a, he's listed as an athlete. Okay. Um, he plays quarterback for Marion and he was even as that game went on that we watched last year, Rob, he just got more confident. Like he's he's a problem at quarterback because I mean he can he can throw it, but I think he caught a long pass in that game. He's just really explosive. And he's good defensively. He's yeah, he's a ball hawk. Uh and you know, whether they line him up at kind of like a hybrid safety linebacker, he's he's lurking back there that uh you got to be careful if you're Clear Creek on offense too that he doesn't right. get the best of you. And he's, I mean, 
he's a good size kid. He's probably in that 185 range, would you say, Rob? I mean, he's six, not about huge. six six two, 180, 185. Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him involved heavily in special teams, even. I mean, yeah. I know that's kind of that's one of those things. It's like, do you want a guy? He's already going to play a lot of snaps. He's your quarterback. He's really important to you. But I mean, I don't I don't know what they'll do, but he he's that dynamic that I mean, you need to you need to spark. You you feel pretty good about him catching a punt or catching a kickoff, maybe, or things like that too. So he's he's entertaining. Um, Rob and I both kind of walked away last year, and that was before the recruiting really heated up. But I know that we thought he was pretty impressive when we saw him last year as a sophomore. I think it's because we talked him up on this podcast and that he's yeah. gotten all these offers. I, yeah, I mean, there's no question that these guys. <laughs> I mean, Rob's DMs just blow up after he goes to the high school. <laughs> high major coaches or however they contact you. I don't know. We've made I'm it, joking, Ryan. Joking, clearly. First week of high school football tomorrow night, August the 27th. Check out yourprepsports.com for all the post-game coverage. Uh, we'll be out at most of these games, I think, tomorrow night. And the ones that we unfortunately can't make it to, we will still have coverage of on the website. We'll have photos and all kinds yeah. of good stuff. So – we're going to do, as Rob said, that will all be there. Um, photos from a couple of games. I think we'll be at four games tomorrow, which is awesome. Um, and then we're going to try something different this year with our not, I wouldn't say different. We're just going to enhance our coverage a little bit where we'll, we'll have a, a series of, of coverage that will roll out. Um, our game stories, obviously all that stuff that, that I think where we really excel, Rob will stay the same or, We'll keep doing all that stuff. We'll have boots on the ground, so to speak, photographers, um, reporters at these games. And then we're going to try to do a little bit more. Um, we're going to have a series of three things that for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Well, we'll have kind of a, a, a rapid reaction that will kind of, you know, some observations or, or whatever you want to say. We'll kind of try to keep the format similar for these where we'll do some players of the week and point out some things that we'll have up on Friday nights. Uh, from all of our games and then um, I'm going to have a column on Saturday that that um, is maybe just more of a you know overview type look at the week and, and but but in a column format so I can maybe give a little bit more analysis on on what things kind of meant you know going looking back or going forward and then we'll do our rewind um, that we've continued to do on on Sundays uh, into Mondays where we you know, kind of look back at the week um, and then look forward to the next week. So I think that's going to add something too. just give us a chance to, to point out a few more things and, and maybe go a little bit deeper onto some things after the fact on Friday night. So I think that'll be a cool add to the website. Good stuff. Good stuff. Check it all out on yourprepsports.com. And as I said, at the, the lead to the podcast, we'll get into all you other sports, we'll talk more about you next week when you'll have competition under your belt. We'll have a little bit more to talk about in that regard. And then we'll be back next week also to preview the following uh, football week, the games next week, and maybe look a little bit back at what we saw this week um, next week, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? I don't know. It does make sense. Okay. It makes sense to me, Rob. Good. That's all that matters. As long as you and I can understand what the heck we're talking about. Uh, everybody else is on their own. All right. That's it for this week's edition episode of the Seven Nation podcast. Say goodbye, Ryan. Bye.